time with them. Uh, tonight, I've got um, just a one-off message that I'm going to speak about. Uh, and then, actually, uh, in the coming weeks, we'll be looking uh, at a new series, which is going to be really exciting and great, called Confessions. Uh, it's not bad confessions, don't worry, there's not going to be any uh, weird secrets coming out or anything like that, uh, but it's good confessions, uh, so we've got that series coming up great. Uh, but tonight, I would like to uh, speak to you uh, about a topic, uh, the title tonight is called Missing the Point. Everyone say that, one, two, three, Missing the Point. Uh, and for this, uh, just to let you know, before I go into it, uh, this preach basically has been something that God, I really feel God's laid on my heart. It's been something that um, I really feel God's been speaking to me for the last few months. Uh, and it's all kind of come through some of the things that I've been reading. Uh, and one of the main things that's kind of in, inspired this and uh, really brought about this in my heart is uh, a book called uh, Fresh Air by Chris Hodges. Uh, so it's a really great book. I just in uh, just recommend to you, anyone here, if you're, if you're interested in that, just to, just to go and, and buy it and read it. It's not very expensive. It's a great read. Uh, so we're going to read from uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23, which should come up on the screen right now. It says, now this is Jesus speaking, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evil doers. Has anyone here tonight, by a show of hands, have you ever been in a situation where you felt you've been speaking to someone and you kind of feel they've missed the point of what you're saying? Yeah? You know, that, that happens, doesn't it, in situations? That, I think that normally happens when uh, people come into a conversation halfway through, they get the wrong end of the stick, they don't really understand what you're saying. Uh, I think there's many situations in our lives where we miss the point, where we're missing the point. Now, I, uh, for any of the, you who were here, I know last time I mentioned a couple of films, and I've got to admit, I'm going to mention a couple of films again. I, I absolutely love films. I, I really enjoy watching films. Uh, and actually, you might have noticed that there's uh, like a comedy effect that they use in certain programs, you know, on TV, in films, where like um, one person, one character is missing the point of what the other person is saying. Uh, the, the, the first one that I thought about was uh, a film called The Wizard of Oz. Anyone seen The Wizard of Oz? Yeah. It's a great film. It's a great classic. Uh, actually, I believe, I think it is 1939 uh, when this came out. Such a, uh, a long time ago, but such a great film. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, what happens in the film is uh, before Dorothy goes into the magical world of Oz where, you know, with the wizard and all these munchkins and all these different things, there's a bit of a scene at the beginning. Uh, and basically, Dorothy is living with her uncle and her auntie. And this scene shows uh, it's like a, um, another person in the neighborhood. and Her name is Ms. Gulch. And she's this horrible, like... Just, you know, like really, really bad person who's just like really grumpy, really bad. And basically what happens is she comes to Dorothy's house. And here she's speaking to uh, Dorothy's uncle. Uh, and she says these things. She says hello to him. And she says uh, to Dorothy's uncle, she says, 
I want to see you and your wife write about Dorothy. And he replies, Dorothy, well, what has Dorothy done? She says, what's she done? I'm all but lame from the bite on my leg. And he says, you mean she bit you? And she says in in reply, no, her dog. And he says, oh, she bit her dog, eh? See, he misses the point, but they use it to a comedy effect. The next one, the second one, is uh, a film called uh, uh, Christmas Vacation. It's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Only six months to Christmas. It's a great film. It's just a film basically about a family around Christmas time where loads of bad things grow wrong. Anything you could imagine goes wrong does go wrong. You know, they have uh, a grandma that comes around and, you know, she's, um, uh, she's not quite with it and she's given him a present. She's wrapped up a cat as one of the presents and, like, the tree gets on fire and, like, the turkey's, like, ruined and all these bad things happen. But earlier on in the film, uh, the dad... Uh, He decides, you know, the family says, you know what, we're not going to buy a Christmas tree from one of those shops, you know, where they're manufactured. We're going to go and do it the old classic way. We're going to go out into the snow. We're going to find a tree, you know, a really big tree. We're going to cut it down and bring it back. And what has happened, this scene shows is that they're walking through the snow and they see this massive, huge, huge tree. Uh, And the dad's son says, uh, his name's Rusty and the dad's name's Clark. Rusty says... He says, Dad, that thing will never fit in the front yard. And then the dad, uh, Clark, he says, it's not going in the front yard, it's going in the living room. See, he misses the point of what he was saying. You understand what I'm saying? And I think sometimes we miss the point in different circumstances. So one of the things that I can remember in my time, has anyone here had any music lessons at all? Any of their time? So quite, quite a few people, actually. When I was 10... I uh, started having my first music lessons. It was actually on the keyboard. Uh, I started learning a bit of uh, keyboard, and I used to have lessons at school. Uh, and what would happen every week is that the, the keyboard teacher, she would give us you know, homework, something to practice at home. Every week without fail. I'd leave, you know, uh, I'd leave it every day. I'd leave it to the day before the lesson, and I'll do 10 minutes quickly just, to, just so for my integrity so I could say to her, yes, I have practiced. Yes, I have done it. But the thing was, I was missing the point. The point of me practicing was for me to get better. Yeah. Not for me to say, oh, yeah, I've done it. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we do this, you know. Uh, who here goes to the gym? Anyone here? A few people. So sometimes you go to the gym. I, I know there's, there's certain people who... Uh, who like to go to the gym, they say, you know, I want to get fit and healthy. And what they do, they go to the gym and they just go for a nice casual walk on the, on the treadmill, talk to their friends, you know, while they're going for a casual walk on the treadmill. And they're like, yep, that's tick the box. Yep, I've, I've done it now. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm making myself fitter. Yeah, you know, I've ticked the box. When actually, missing the point. The point of going to the gym is to break up a sweat. Not to say to someone else, yeah, I'm going to the gym to get better. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think this is sometimes what we do in our life. We do things and we miss the point. Uh, Going back to these verses that I read before. If we just turn back to them again. Matthew chapter 7 verses 21 to 23. I'm just going to read it again. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter 
the kingdom of heaven. But the only one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. I never knew you. See, what has happened here is Jesus is explaining a situation where people are missing the point. See, these uh, people were, were saying, you know, he's saying there's going to be a day where people come to me and say, I did this, I did that. God, I did this for you. You know, I, I, maybe I turned up at church and I, I came to this service and I, I served in this area and I did this thing in the community. But Jesus says, I never knew you. See, the thing that I believe we do a lot of the time is that we miss the main point. The main point, above anything else, God just wants to know us. In those verses, Jesus said, I never knew you. See, sometimes I can even, I've, you know, I've had situations in my life where I've got so tangled up in doing this, doing that, doing these different things, that actually, I'm thinking, you know what, do I know God anymore than I did before? See, it's great to do all these different things, but God says, before anything else, I want to have a relationship with you. The main point is that I want to spend time with you. I want to know you. I want you to share your heart with me. I want you to open up to me. Now, if we turn to uh, Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 to 11, there's some great verses that we want to have a look with you. Uh, It's just going to come off the screen. It says... But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. And so, somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. See, these verses were written by a great man. A great man named Paul. He was an amazing man. But uh, before Paul uh, came to this point. Uh, he, was, he was called Saul, and the thing about uh, him before this point is that he knew every rule. He knew every regulation. He knew the right thing to do at the right time. And, you know, he knew all about these, these rules and laws and regulations, but he didn't know Jesus. And he actually says in these verses, he says, I consider that all of that garbage, you know, knowing the rules, knowing the laws, I consider that all garbage compared to knowing Jesus. So he's saying, compared to knowing Jesus, it's nothing. He says, compared, you know, doing this and doing that, compared to knowing Jesus, nothing compares. That's what he's saying to us. He's saying that nothing, absolutely nothing compares to that. And see, uh, Jesus was, was so revolutionary in his speaking. See, maybe you've come here, maybe uh, you're new here tonight, and maybe you've uh, you've seen Christianity and you thought that uh, 
Christianity is all about doing this. See, I, I have uh, friends, you know, outside of work, and they all think it's about, uh, it's about doing the right thing. So it's about, you know, maybe not swearing or uh, about being a good person, about, you know, doing this and doing that. And that's all great. But actually, being a Christian is all about knowing Jesus, which is an amazing thing. It's all about knowing Jesus. You know, Paul says, I want to know Christ. I want to know him. And I want that to be the cry of our hearts that whatever happens that we say, you know what, it's great doing this and doing that, but I want to know Christ more. I want to know God more in my life. See, the thing is, is we can become so focused on doing this and doing that. And it's great, you know, it's fantastic that, you know, that there's plenty of opportunities for us to serve in this church. And I think it's amazing the, the things that we do. And we definitely need to do that. But we shouldn't do that without losing our, our relationship with God. Because that comes first. You know, if we, if we miss that, then we miss the point. Uh, so a few years ago... Um, I actually had the, the privilege of uh, studying at a Bible college. And uh, before I, I went there, uh, I, I used to go to a church in Birmingham. Uh, it, was a, it was a great church. And I was, very, uh, I was really involved with the worship, uh, with the youth and those sort of things. And I really enjoyed doing that thing. But when I got to, uh, to, to, to Bible college, I realized my identity was wrapped up in all of those things. See, what happened was, is that I came to a point in my life where I realized that who I was, was uh, when I was doing something. So my identity was wrapped up in playing, playing the guitar, you know, in leading worship, in doing things like that. And what God actually did to me is that he, he stripped away those things for a year. Because he said to me, he said, you know what, Nathan, it's great you're doing that, but I want you to find your identity in knowing me. I believe that might be a word for someone here tonight. God wants you to find your identity in knowing him. Not doing things for him, but knowing him. So I've got uh, one main point that I just want to bring to you tonight. Uh, And the point is, let love be your driving force. Let love be your driving force. Turn to your neighbor and say, let love be your driving force. And turn to the other neighbor and say, may your driving force be love. See, I believe, uh, I think from my own experience, one of the things that I found in my own life that often we can make our driving force discipline. And I think discipline is a fantastic thing. It's a great thing that you need in your life. And don't, you know, don't, don't go home saying, oh, Nathan says no one needs discipline or anything like that. Because we all need discipline. But what discipline does, discipline helps you to do something when you don't feel like doing it. So, you know, when you wake up on that morning and you're feeling like, oh, I don't really want to do this, and your discipline kicks in and you're like, no, I'm going to do it because I know I need to do it. But the thing is, when we make discipline our driving force, everything becomes boring. Everything becomes routine. It becomes like so structured. You're just doing it just to tick a box. 
And see, this is one of the things that I realize in my life that sometimes I can come to spend time with God and it's just a discipline. And it's good to sometimes for it to be a discipline, but it can't stay there. See, what would happen if our, our natural relationships with each other, with, with your wife, with your husband, with your kids, with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your friends, what, what if that was out of discipline? It would be, be a bit pointless, really. Uh, so I really believe that we need to let love be our driving force. Now, one of the uh, quotes from uh, the, the book that I mentioned earlier, earlier, which really spoke to me, which was amazing, is Chris Hodges, uh, the, the guy who's written this, this book. Uh, he speaks about how in his life he found himself in the doldrums. So he found himself in life. He was feeling really dry. You know, he was doing all the right things. He was spending time with God, reading the Bible and those sort of things. But he just found it really difficult and dry. Uh, and he says there was this one morning where, uh, you know, he, he woke up as normal and he went and spent his devotional time with God in the basement where he normally has it. So he has this basement, he goes down to his basement, he's opened up his Bible, he's read his Bible, then he's kind of sat there, you know, praying out of discipline, basically. And then he sat there and he hears upstairs uh, his kids uh, running around, having fun, laughing, joking, having a great time. And he's sitting there and he's thinking, you know what, I want to be upstairs with them. Like, this, why do I have to sit here and do this with God? You know, they're having fun upstairs. And he says this. He says this to God. He says, God, I don't want to be down here doing work, as in praying. I want to be with my kids having fun. And then God replies, God says to him, he says, That's because the relationship you have with them is different to the one that you have with me. And Chris replies and says, well, well, God, what what do you mean by that? And God says to him, he says, Chris, you treat me so formal. Everything is timed. It's out of obligation. You don't talk to me the same way you talk to them. What would it look like if you talked to me the same way you talk to them? What would it be like if you just loved me? And I read that and I thought, wow, wow, how often is it that we come to God out of obligation? You know, where we're treating it as such a a regularly timed thing like, right, here we go. Yep, that's 10 minutes. See you, God. I'm off off to my day. See you tomorrow again. You know, can you imagine if I... if I did that to, to Joanna, that would, that would be unbelievable. You know, if I, if I walked to, to Joanna's house, who's my girlfriend, and I sat with her, and I sat down in the chair, and said, you know, in a really monotone voice, uh, good to see you, Joanna. Uh, yeah, so Joanna, if you could just help me with uh, this today, and that tomorrow, and all of this, and yeah, Joanna, you're great, yeah, great, yeah, Joanna, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, that's 10 minutes. All right. See you, Joanna. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. I, I think that's sometimes how we treat God. You know, I, you know I've questioned this myself. I'm thinking, you know, what's the, what's the point in spending time with God if it's going to be so, so religious, so, you know, like set out in these different ways? You know, when we do that, we're missing the point. The point about spending time with God is that he wants to speak to us. You know, he wants to know us. You know, he wants us to open our hearts with him. You know, just like you, you talk to your, your husband or your wife. 
you know, uh, or your kids, how you open up yourself to them and you say, you know what, I've had a, a bad day today. I've had a really bad day. This has happened. You know, this is bad. I'm, I'm feeling a bit down. I'm feeling like this. God wants you to speak to him like that. God wants you to open up your heart to him. And so many times we can, we can come to the Bible. We can come to speaking to God. And we can just do it to tick a box. It'd be like, yeah, I'm a good Christian. You know, I've read my Bible today. You know, I've spoken to God today. You know, just like in, in, in that sort of way. But when we do it like that, we miss the point. Because Jesus says in those words, he says, I want, you know, he says, I didn't, I, I didn't know you. You know, God says to us, he says, I want to know you. I want you to speak to me. I want to open up my heart, uh, open up your heart to me. You know, I believe there's so many times I've known in my life, there's been so many times that I felt that God has really wanted to say something to me. And I've just not been open to it. I believe that God's, maybe for some people here tonight, God wants to say something to you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to meet with you. He wants to change you. He wants to do amazing things through you. But he can't do it if you come out of obligation and discipline and come and open up and right there we go and go off. He wants to live in relationship. Let love be your driving force. Let love be your driving force. Now, coming back to uh, learning to uh, play an instrument again, you know, um, I, I actually did find a way to uh, practice well with my instrument. See, what I found was is that actually, when I was learning the keyboard, I wasn't really that bothered, you know. I didn't practice all the time because I didn't love playing the keyboard. I wasn't really that bothered. Uh, and I actually found sometimes that I had these guitar lessons and I used to get taught at school like these different things. Like I can remember like learning the James Bond like theme tune and all these different things on the guitar. But like every week, it, what would happen is that I would be doing it out of discipline. Now, every week I'd be doing it out of discipline and, you know, after maybe a few weeks it would, it would carry on or maybe a few months. But after that, it would just basically fade away because I was doing it out of discipline rather than doing it because I loved it. Uh, and what I found actually uh, a f- probably a, a few years ago is that actually I really enjoyed playing music when I could sing, sing along to it. And, and I loved doing that. So... Actually, what I did is that I found songs that I could play on an instrument so I could sing. And I found for me that was the key thing that helped me to continue playing because I love doing that. I found that moment where I picked up the guitar and it was like almost like a breath of fresh air that actually, you know what, I love doing this. I'm not doing it out of discipline anymore. That actually I'm playing the guitar uh, because I love doing it now because I get to sing along. And, and do it and that was my that was my thing that I found that I loved you know that, that was the way that I I moved from doing it out of discipline to doing it out of love and I really believe that God wants to speak to some of us tonight about letting love be your driving force so maybe some of you here tonight if you know thinking you know what Nathan yeah I, I have been doing some of these things. I've been, you know, trying to, to read the Bible and speaking to God, but 
I've been doing it out of discipline. I've just been doing it because I know I should be doing it just to tick the box. But God says to you tonight, I want you to do it out of love. I want you to do it because you want to know me. I want you to, to, to come and pray with me because you want to develop that relationship. See, no one, no one starts a relationship with someone else uh, just, just out of discipline because it doesn't last. But if you let love be a driving force, if you come to God and say, God, you know what? I want to start a relationship with you. I want to know you. And if you make that your driving force when you pray, when you read your Bible, then God does amazing things inside of us. Let love be your driving force. Uh, now, I'd just like to give an opportunity for some of you to respond if you'd like to respond tonight. So if you would just like...